New evidence that aspirin can protect against colon cancer emerged at the ECHO ESMO Congress held in Berlin. Hereditary non-polyposis colon cancer, Lynch syndrome, was used in an international study to try out chemoprevention because people who have the gene for this know that they're at risk. John Byrne gave me more. Gabriel Kuhn in 1989, I think, was the first person to draw attention to the fact that regular users of non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, particularly aspirin, seem to be at reduced risk of polyps and adenomas and cancers of the colon. The problem is that there have been several attempts to do randomized controlled trials based on adenoma prevention, and they've been really quite disappointing. I mean, there are five trials out there. They've all shown some degree of an effect but it was always fairly modest and nothing like the 50% protect protection that the epidemiologists thought we should be seeing. Now, Lynch syndrome is not only colon cancer, isn't it? That's right. It's, it's, it, we changed the name to Lynch syndrome to take account of the fact that it's a, a collection of cancers, particularly endometrial, gastric, ureopithelia, but colorectal is the, is the big one, uh, and that's obviously the one that we spend most of our time trying to prevent. Now, your initial results, as published in the New England Journal last year, were a bit disappointing, weren't they? That's a bit of an understatement, actually. We were incredibly disappointed. We, we treated for people for up to four years. The mean duration of treatment was 29 months, and they were taking 600 milligrams of aspirin and or a nutritional supplement of dietary resistant starch. And basically, it was a flat line. There was absolutely no difference between the number of people who got cancers or adenoma on or off the treatments. But despite the fact we couldn't get any more money, we decided to keep on following this cohort up because we had a hunch that it might show a delayed effect. And that's indeed what's turned out to be the case. So can you tell me about the results that you're presenting here in Berlin? Yes, we've managed to track down 711 people so far out of the original 937 who started that first trial. Uh, and we've got most of the people who actually completed the trial. And what we found was that after about three or four years, the two lines diverged in terms of cancer incidence, so that by 10 years out, the people who had been randomized to aspirin and were still blinded had a reduced, about a 50% reduction in their cancer incidence. And the interesting thing, it wasn't just colorectal cancer, it was also endometrial. Indeed, the, the overall Lynch syndrome family of cancers was about half what we expected to see. What do you think aspirin might be doing? Well, clearly the existing presumptions that were killing adenomas, stopping COX-2, etc., might all be playing a part, but they're not the sole explanation because these patients have progressed from adenoma to carcinoma in about three years. So a five-year protection must mean we're affecting the pre-cancer and pre-adenoma phase. In plants, aspirin is an inducer of apoptosis in order to protect against infection. And it's possible that we know in vitro that aspirin will induce apoptosis in humans. So my hypothesis at the moment is that the Stem cells which develop aberrations through our lifetime are being encouraged to die by a, a, an environment full of salicylate and that that's having a, a knock-on effect on the incidence of cancer several years later. Now it seems to me that by looking at all of the cancers involved with Lynch syndrome and also being a little bit careful about the time period you're looking at, you have got a very good value of statistical significance. That's right. The, the p-value for all cancers was 0.03. Uh, and, of course, we've still got missing data, and it is tightening up. But uh, you've seen with your eyes the, the curves, and they're really very persuasive. It's because it's not jumping around. I mean, there is clearly a different trajectory of progression to cancer in the people who were exposed to aspirin. So I'm very confident that this is a real effect. There must be some clinical implications, on the one hand for cancer doctors, and on the other hand for public health people. 
there are very obvious implications from this. For this, we have to go back and re-examine the whole situation of aspirin as a chemopreventive agent because we've now got to combine cancer with cardiovascular protection and weigh that against the risk of GI bleeds. In the case of Lynch syndrome, of course, we should be checking their stomachs anyway because they have a gastric cancer risk. So the argument, I think, is fairly strong that we should be putting our Lynch syndrome patients on aspirin and perhaps if they show any signs of problems, give them a, a protein pump inhibitor and then give them a three-yearly gastroscopy to check for gastric uh, problems. And in that way, we should avoid the side effects long-term without uh, negating the benefits of the aspirin. You're using two big aspirins a day instead of the quarter of an aspirin that's used in cardiovascular prevention in Great Britain. What might be your recommendations about the dose of aspirin? Well, the truth is we need to do another study, but all scientists say that. We need to do a dose inferiority study, and what I'm hoping is that I can encourage all my colleagues around the world to recruit their Lynch syndrome patients into a dose inferiority study, either an open-label one or preferably, and I'm talking to the manufacturers at the moment, uh, using a blinded uh, dose so that we can see whether Lynch syndrome patients exposed to different doses of aspirin show the same level of protection. But of course, when you're comparing different doses, you need many more people to take part. So we're currently still doing the power analysis, but we're probably looking at needing 10 to 12,000 gene carriers to be on aspirin for about four years. So it's actually quite a major undertaking. In the meantime, I would argue that 600 milligrams isn't quite such a scary dose. It's a subanalgesic dose, and it's the amount we originally used in the cardiovascular trials. So what we found in our patients was it was a tolerable dose. Uh, and I think in patients at high risk, I would, be up, I would tend to go for the bigger dose until we have clear evidence that we should be using less. That's patients with Lynch syndrome. Could you speculate about the role of aspirin in preventing cancer on a wider scale? A very important paper appeared two years ago which has not really attracted much attention from Flossman and Rothwell who went back and looked at our cancer registries in the UK to see what happened to the early participants in the cardiovascular studies and what they found was that 10 years after those trials people who were taking aspirin started to get a reduced rate of colon cancer. Uh, and that, although that wasn't quite a blinded population, there was no real reason other than their participation in that four-year study to explain that difference. So I think that that, together with the epidemiology, suggests that aspirin is a chemopreventive on a wider scale. Uh, but of course, the wider you throw the net, the greater becomes the significance of the GI bleeding issue, particularly since we're probably expecting to take the aspirin for 10 years in the general population before we see a benefit. So we're going to be seeing all the problems for the first 10 years before we start to see the advantages. And that's why I think we need to think carefully about the lower risk population. But certainly people who are at an increased risk, for example, due to family history, I think we could realistically think about a trial in that population too of different doses. Uh, but at the moment, I guess we'll probably be tending towards slightly lower doses in them just to be as safe as possible. John Byrne, Professor of Clinical Genetics at Newcastle University in England. He was talking to me at the joint European Society of Medical Oncology and European Cancer Conference held in Berlin. For Oncology Times Broadcast News, I'm Peter Goodwin.